Thanks for joining us today on episode two of On the Hilltop, a look inside the Hilltoppers athletics department. I'm your host, Tony Baldwin. We want to give you the chance to hear from coaches, staff, and student athletes at St. Edwards. Most will be in the athletics department, but we also hope to give you some tidbits from campus to keep you up to date. Today on the show, we are going to get several different perspectives from both coaches and student athletes on how the COVID-19 outbreak is affecting them. The timing of the pandemic put several St. Edwards teams in a situation that many thought would never happen. First, the NCAA announced the cancellation of all winter and spring championships. Then, the Lone Star Conference announced the end of competitions for all spring teams. It also meant the end of the non-traditional seasons for the fall sports. For Andre Cook and the St. Edwards men's basketball team, he could sense the Hilltoppers' postseason run may be cut short. Here's how Coach Cook remembers the events leading up to the official cancellation of his team's season. Uh, when the NBA canceled their season uh, on Wednesday night, uh, the night before we left to go head to the NCAA tournament, I felt like the dominoes were starting to fall. And uh, uh, when we got on the bus uh, Thursday, you know, the, the guys are very uh, aware of what's going on. And, and they start having their phones on. And, you know, this conference tournament's canceled, this conference tournament's canceled, this one, this one, as we're driving all the way up to uh, towards Amarillo. St. Edward's second consecutive trip to the NCAA tournament officially ended while the Hilltoppers were on their way to Canyon, Texas. Uh, and then it was just kind of uh, an eerie feeling when we sat down to have lunch in, uh, in Lubbock and uh, we get a text message from, from President Emmert that uh, uh, all championships are, are canceled and, uh, and, and that's how the season ends, you know, uh, and clearly we understand the situation, you know, uh, but it just was just an eerie feeling that uh, uh, you're sitting at a McAllister's and, and that's, how it, that's how the season ends for your team and, and more importantly, your seniors. One of those seniors is August Haas the Hilltoppers' point guard over the last two years. He describes the range of emotions that he experienced after hearing the news. It was, a, it was very disappointing. Um, there's no denying that. It was a very um, empty feeling that I was sitting with because it was so uh, absurd how the season ended and so unexpected. So it was a very empty feeling of not knowing what could have happened with this team and, and literally being on the bus uh, almost at the destination after a long, long bus ride and then just having to turn around and go back home and, and yeah, season was over. It was, was surreal. After the team returned to campus, the seniors had a chance to address the full squad. Here's what Haas told the team. Obviously, I thanked them all. Uh, that I, I really appreciate every single guy. And uh, I talked about the coaching staff, Coach Cook, Coach Trey, uh, GA Steve, and, and our manager, Brandon. Uh, specifically and that I really appreciate the hard work and uh, I talked about the whole senior class uh, that I battle with every day in practice and in games the last two years and, and talk more about Coach Cook and, and how much he meant to me giving me this opportunity to play uh, basketball the way that I know how to play it and uh, for allowing me to be me on the court and off the court so so just thank the seniors and the coaching staff and, staff and everybody who's been involved. While Haas and the rest of his teammates were devastated by the news of their season coming to an abrupt end, it was the Denmark native who provided perspective on the situation. I think it's just about having a bigger perspective and, and realizing why it happened 
and why the situation is as it is, and that is protect people's lives, which obviously is way more important than, than me playing a basketball game or anyone else in NCAA playing a basketball game. And it's just about realizing that, that it's bigger than basketball, far, far bigger, and, and that's, that's the way we have to move on. We mentioned earlier the pandemic also caused the cancellation of spring sports. First-year softball head coach Leah Glasgow recalled how she broke the news to her team. We actually had just finished a practice when they said that um, season was going to be suspended, at least for um, that, that two-week period. So I was actually able to talk to my girls in person, which was nice um, for the start of it, at least. And then um, we ended up doing a big phone call, um, kind of conference call for when we heard that the the rest of the season was going to be canceled. Um, so uh, it was pretty heartbreaking out of a lot of seniors. So that was um, a really tough um, news to kind of break to those guys. The Hilltoppers were 22 games into the season. They had knocked off one ranked team and Glasgow was excited about the direction of her first campaign on the Hilltop. Yeah, you know, we, we had a really great start to the year. Um, we were just getting into conference play. And, you know, this team had really good chemistry. And I think um, I was excited to see where they were going to take it. And we had hopes to make it to conference tournament. And so I think that was probably the hardest part about it is that we didn't really get to see us reach the potential we knew we had. Um, but I think, you know, we had really great things going for us. Um, and then hopefully we'll continue that into next season um, as we look going forward. The COVID-19 outbreak created uncertainty about this season and future seasons. For Glasgow, she thinks the possibility of seniors being able to return will strengthen her squad. And here's more from Coach Glasgow on this topic. It's I think it'll create a unique challenge for every head coach, um, you know, trying to figure out for their seniors um, whether they're going to be finished with their careers or coming back and how that impacts the kids that you bring in. Uh, we recruited 10 freshmen to, to supplement. We were going to be graduating nine seniors. We still don't know, um, you know, if all of those are going to move on or some will stay. Um, but I do think that... Um, you know, it, it creates a unique, unique challenge, um, but also a really exciting opportunity um, to kind of blend some maturity with our younger group. Um, so it puts a, us in a, in a good place in my, in my position in particular, where um, we're trying to rebuild the program. And so that means we have a lot of younger kids coming into the program. So to be able to retain some of the, the older, uh, more experienced personnel would be a great advantage to us. With everything shifting online, including the remainder of the academic semester, coaches are forced to become creative in the ways they keep their student-athletes engaged. Glasgow and her team, like many others, have turned to video conferences to stay engaged. We're doing lots of Google Hangouts and, and Zoom videos and, and all that. Um, so we do some team meetings once a week, and then we do meetings by class once a week as well, um, just to touch base and make sure that they're um, being successful academically and then we're trying to also have a little fun as well so we've kind of designed some competitions talent competitions or creative competitions so that um, they can stay engaged and know that they have a support system and um, be able to have people to regularly communicate with so um, honestly they've handled it really well and with a lot of maturity so I've been really impressed with with all of them and how well that they've coped with all the challenges that they've been facing. For some coaches they did not have the opportunity to speak again goodness three two
For some coaches, they did not have the opportunity to speak to their teams in person. SU women's soccer head coach Nick Cowell was in England when the news broke, and he explains how the end of his team's non-traditional season left an unsatisfactory feeling. See, when I learned that the non-traditional season was over, I was actually in the UK at that time. And so I didn't have a chance to speak with the team before, um, before they all left. So um, it, it was kind of a, an unsatisfactory ending to the spring season because I had a lack of contact with them at that time. While Cal was unable to see his players before they left campus, he was faced with his own challenges of getting back into the United States and dealing with isolation. To begin with, first of all, I... I was also in 14-day isolation when I came back here, and we were very fortunate to actually be on one of the last planes that was flying uh, from the UK back here. So we feel fortunate that we actually got back. When asked about how he was keeping his team engaged, Cal had plenty to talk about. He saw it as an opportunity for his student-athletes to grow. He was also surprised and pleased with the way the team wanted to continue serving the community from afar. The main thing that we've been doing is just talking to them about the importance of the things that we normally talk to them about, which is basically, you know, how are they going to continue to keep up with their fitness? And, you know, that's one part of their, their being an athlete. Obviously, you need certain um, conditioning and athleticism to be able to survive. But also, how are they going to treat this not as um, – a difficulty, but as an opportunity to get better. So maybe now they have more time to catch up and watch video of themselves, maybe video of professional teams. So it, as well as it being a hardship, I think it's also an opportunity where we can maybe do some different things with them. Um, obviously, the priority for them right now is academics, is making sure that they keep up with their studies, that they identify any stumbling blocks that they might, might have in terms of keeping up um, academically with any of their professors, with any of the technology that they're being asked to use. And lastly, which is really a cool thing that I've found from them, is that they really want to keep up with the community service aspect of being on the team. It's something that they've done a phenomenal job with, especially in our non-traditional season. And they have some great ideas coming up about, um, you know, writing letters to the elderly who don't have maybe some, you know, a lack of family contact right now. They're also, some of them are making masks and um, for hospital staff. So they're really giving people, I think, even though they're in some type of isolation right now, they're all engaged as a group and i think it's been really good to see community service has long been one of the most admirable characteristics of saint edward student athletes the desire to make the community a better place by helping in any way possible has always been in the hearts of our student athletes as cal mentioned community service has been a big topic within the seu women's soccer team rachel murray a 2014 graduate of saint edwards and a former hilltopper women's soccer player has carried this trait into her professional career. Murray, who is living in Denver and working as a healthcare professional, was asked to volunteer in New York City. Murray jumped at the opportunity. She is currently serving at Kings County Hospital in Brooklyn. We asked Coach Cal if he was surprised by Murray's willingness to help during this pandemic. No, not at all. That's 
that's Rachel. Um, you know, she, in her whole career here at St. Edward's, she was an overachiever. Um, I mean, just to kind of go back on how she actually ended up at St. Edward's, um, she had a really good offer to play soccer at University of Texas. And um, they almost came in and took her away even after she committed to us. And it was basically the thing that swayed her to stay at St. Edward's was basically the ability not just to be an athlete, but also to have other opportunities academically, also with, um, you know, going on mission trips. Um, she went to India and Africa, I believe, with the university. Um, you know, she was a finalist for the NCAA Woman of the Year. So she basically made the most out of her college experience in her four years here. Um, she she did an amazing job. Actually, in her her spring semester of her senior year, I believe she studied in New Zealand and went over there and then backpacked around South Asia, you know, by herself around Australia. So she's just a, uh, just an amazing human being. And she recently finished her uh, qualification as a physician's assistant. And I think when the call went out to go to New York, I can see, you know, she's the type of person that would just sign up for it without even blinking an eyelid. Earlier, Nick Cowell told us his story of getting on one of the final flights out of the UK to return to the United States. This made me think about some of our international student athletes and what they must be going through in their home countries, and for some, finishing their academic semesters on the other side of the world. First, we talked with Georgia Fogarty, one of Cal's student athletes on the women's soccer team. Fogarty lives in Australia. So we asked her how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting her. Um, I'm currently on day 13 of self-isolation. I had to fly back home pretty quickly about two weeks ago as Australia just announced that their borders were closing. So my parents wanted me home very quickly. But um, like any other people returning from um, overseas, we have to self-isolate for 14 days. So I haven't actually gone outside in almost two weeks, which is just crazy. I'm starting to lose my mind a little bit and I'm very bored, but um, tomorrow is day 14, so I get to go outside, which I'm really excited about. Um, lots of states in Australia are now closing their borders and we have really strict rules about social distancing. So if you wanna go outside, you can only go out in groups of two, so you and one other person, which is just crazy. Um, but just like America, when I was there, most of our shops have shut down now. Um, I also live in a small city, so there's lots of local businesses that have had to close, which is really sad. But the grocery stores are all insane with, you know, everyone bulk buying toilet paper and cleaning supplies. So it's pretty hard to get your hands on those sorts of things. But like any country, it's the only thing on all news channels and all social media platforms. So it's pretty hard to not know what's going on in the world and it's pretty hard to escape it right now i think joe morley a st edwards men's soccer student athlete describes life in england um back in england um obviously the coronavirus has hit hard across the world um and especially here um our nhs which is our national healthcare system um 
he was under a lot of pressure to keep up the care needed um, for all the cases coming in with corona. Um, the government has put us on lockdown for three weeks, um, which will be reviewed um, in a week's time. Basically, we can't leave the house for anything that's not essential and we can only leave the house um, once a day for exercise within a mile radius of where we live. Um, it's taken a lot of lives in England and uh, as a country, we are working together to, to fight the virus and I'm sure everybody around the world is doing the same and, and that's basically staying in and washing hands and keeping everybody safe um, so this can be all over sooner rather than later. Morley's teammate, Mahalis Clark, hasn't been able to make it back to his home country yet. Clark is from Cyprus, a small island country south of Turkey in the eastern Mediterranean Sea. Clark and his sister have been forced to stay with some family friends in Athens, Greece, since Cyprus shut down its borders before they were able to make it home. I'm from Cyprus, but the Cypriot borders are closed even for Cypriot citizens. Therefore, I can't go back home to my family. So as soon as the first week of spring break ended and it was announced that we will proceed with online classes, I flew to Athens, Greece, which is the closest available destination to Cyprus, with my sister. Luckily for us, some family friends offered us a place to stay. I've been quarantined here and haven't left the apartment for the last two weeks. This is especially hard for me because as an athlete, I'm used to go out and exercise every day. However, during these hard times, everyone must do their part in order to help eliminate the COVID-19 outbreak. So I'll settle for some home exercises. Due to the time difference, I have to take some classes at night and some others, the professor will record the class for me so I can watch it whenever I'm able to. Clark isn't the only student-athlete that is finding remote learning to be difficult. Georgia Fogarty, who we heard from a few minutes ago, is an art major at St. Edwards. She describes not only the difficulties of online learning for art majors, but also syncing up her own schedule with her professors in Austin. Um, in terms of school, I've had to have some pretty early morning Zoom sessions, My but my professors have been super understanding and have all um, been really easy to communicate with, which is really nice. Um, I'm an art major, so that's been pretty hard to do from the other side of the world. <laughs> so my classes have had to, been, um, had to be modified a little bit, so we don't have access to our classrooms, which are pretty important for, I think, art students. It's a challenging time for us all, for our student-athletes, staff, coaches, professors, and administration. But in all of the difficult moments, it's important to remain positive. Mahalis Clark has the final word on this topic. I know everyone is really bummed about all the restrictions being imposed to us and how everyone's year at Senate's ended so early. However, keep doing what the experts are telling us to do and we'll be back on the hilltop before we know it. Have a great day, everyone. Stay safe and I wish to see all of you again soon. Thank you so much for everyone who has listened to our first two podcasts. We have more planned this spring. And until next time, thanks for tuning in to On the Hilltop.